<laughs> That's how you should start it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Poison for Profit. I'm Zach. I'm Nick. And we've got another great episode. For me, at least, it's packed with new interesting articles on PFAS. Nick is uh, going to break a, up that a little bit for us so it's not, you know, too one-dimensional. Yeah, we'll be talking about the new Twitter a little bit and a suburb in Arizona that has lost its water. I love talking Twitter. <laughs> Who doesn't nowadays? Talking Twitter on a podcast, baby. That's my passion. <laughs> That's what you told the teacher you wanted to grow up and do? Yeah, talk talk Twitter. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's why I got, I got held back three times. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay, we're going to put him into the <laughs> accelerated yeah. learning program. <laughs> yeah. In, in air quotes, accelerated learning. What do you say? Should we just get into it? get us started uh coming to you we got an article from the wral news uh, it's called the climate misinformation rocket boosters on musk's twitter uh, so what this article goes into talking about is how ever since elon musk has taken over twitter the rise of disinformation and misinformation on twitter is just absolutely insane uh so the first thing that they start off going into is when you type in the word climate on Twitter, things that most people would think were to come up, you know, would be climate change or climate jobs, things that you would normally associate with the climate, right? But now ever since this uh, takeover, it is the top result is now changed to climate scam. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to uh, interrupt you here quick. I have definitely yep. noticed this <laughs> in the management of our account uh, in posting episodes and things like that. It is it's been pretty much every time I I post and try to, you know, hashtag anything, it's it's climate scam or something, you know. Right. of that derivative um, which is like kind of baffling to me. I mean, like it seems like his a lot of his uh, Tesla like hype is surrounding have electric vehicles as like a solution to climate change. Um, so it's it's odd that like this would be the case after he takes over. And he's had like I I'm fairly certain he's had, he's had a lot of you know oversight and how how it really works and and what people see on twitter anyways so you can continue i just wanted to interject with that yeah absolutely yeah i mean it's definitely one of those things you would think he's 
pushing for EVs. He's pushing for a better future, as a lot of people think. Um, but, I mean, this, to me, it just kind of goes to show you can't really, <laughs> as much as we want to trust everything that you read on the Internet, <laughs> you really can't. Uh, so, an, in a report that was released in 2822, uh, the tweets containing climate scam or other terms linked to climate change denial rose 300 percent this report was done by advanced democracy a nonprofit, which i don't know a thing about so probably gonna have to look into that a little bit but if that is true which i don't see why it wouldn't be with what you're saying uh that's just pretty interesting to to think about and talk about i mean to me it's just one of those things yes there needs to be freedom of speech there needs to be you should be able to say what you want when you want whatever but when it's getting put under this guise of actual real information that could affect people's lives and livelihoods that is not okay (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean it's at the top of the list, right? And maybe that you know, maybe more people are tweeting about that because it seems to be a very culture war thing to to a lot of people. Um, but to like, it's definitely amplified, right? So it's not that that you know, free speech doesn't isn't existing or working correctly on Twitter or whatever. You know, he thinks his purpose is there. Uh, it's the fact that. This is bullshit that's getting amplified. Exactly. And unfortunately, there are probably a lot of children that cannot discern between the two or even just people in general that don't have the time to like go and look and be like, oh, this is not true. Uh, this is clearly made up <laughs> uh, that are being exposed to these things. And then they take them and go along with them as being true. Just going to say, I know one of everyone's favorite topics is Joe Rogan, but he fell. Just about to say that. Yeah, Yeah, he fell right into one of these traps about how a volcano releases more carbon dioxide than the humanity ever used in like forever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like. That's exactly what I was going to bring up, too. (laughs) It's. And it's definitely like (laughs) similar crowd. Like he and Elon are kind of the same <laughs> on the same side of whatever societal coin this is right uh so yeah i mean like and then so many people take joe rogan's you know podcast or he had who the fuck was even on that one it was like yeah. three comedians talking about it and then he brings up this bullshit like meme facebook meme uh right yeah i mean it's just laziness uh, it's laziness and it's it's fueling like this just disconnect that people have with you know what the mainstream media says I would say because climate change you know isn't denied by the mainstream media but it's not exactly uh, reported on <laughs> reported on or like yeah or characterized in you know a fair way when it comes to who's causing it and and how to even act on it right yeah exactly and uh this article also goes into a little bit about how 
Facebook and Instagram, they also have somewhat this problem uh, with their advertisements. About 4,000 of its advertisement bought on the site were mostly bought by fuel fossil fuel companies, uh, which seems a little bit interesting. <laughs> a lot of this advertisement that Facebook and Instagram are getting are from fossil fuel companies. Um, and I'm sure a lot of those advertisements are about uh, like environmental awareness or like environmental stewardship, right? Um, right. Which is something you're going to be covering in your series, which uh, yep. hopefully we hear some interesting things about that and maybe how it relates to to social media also. like The marketing of fossil fuel companies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I just thought this was an interesting article to talk about just because I think it's important that people really i mean it's so easy to look at a meme or a picture or a tweet and think oh this is legit uh this guy has you know he's dr nick bushin which i'm not a doctor but i can write that as my twitter handle and then pay eight dollars a month to get my blue check mark and you might think i'm a doctor uh so that's just you really need to actually look into what information you're coming across and i i really do think uh these social media companies also need to have some sort of a handle on what is being spread especially when it is something as serious as climate change that can affect people's uh, well-being yeah yeah and it seems like especially on twitter uh just pretty much any science at all is becoming this this you know, front line of a culture war. I, I still call it that. Uh, Cause you yeah. see like vaccine misinformation on there all the time. Um, by like you said, probably fake doctors, fake, <laughs> fake accounts where they're just posting videos of like people shaking, <laughs> people shaking. Uh, and then saying like giving maybe a story that's totally unsubstantiated. Right. Right. Um, and regardless of like the efficacy of the vaccine, uh, it's still kind of disingenuous to to say that it, it it's uh, more dangerous than like COVID is, right? Which is which seems to be the narrative that they're trying to push there. But but yeah, I think you know this whole eight dollar verification, I guess, get rich quick scheme for for him maybe pretty uh, much is is really like it's made finding useful information that much harder. Nick, do you like breakfast? Uh, some days. <laughs> Some days. Do you like, yeah. uh, is there a certain beverage you enjoy with breakfast? Uh, I enjoy a good coffee, maybe maybe some juice. Juice? Any any particular kind of juice from any uh, particular kind of fruit? Uh, orange juice is up orange there for sure. Orange juice. <laughs> orange juice. Yep, well, I've got yep. some bad news. Oh, no. Simply Orange. You have ever heard of it? Uh, yep. Drink it. Uh, all through college. <laughs> I, I've drank a lot of Simply Orange in my life. It's a Coca-Cola product, by the way. 
Um, Wonderful Coca-Cola, environmental uh, conscious Coca-Cola, our favorite yeah. company. <laughs> yeah. There is a lawsuit against Simply Orange for allegedly having high toxic PFAS levels. Uh, just a reminder to listeners, PFAS, what, what they are. Uh, they were invented in the 40s. Um, they're a chemical, they're a class of chemical compounds. There's over 12,000 of them uh, that have water and heat resistant properties and they're put into products. Things like nonstick pans, waterproof, waterproof clothes, firefighting foam, and, and food packaging all have or have been known to have PFAS in them. They're also linked to diseases like cancer, liver disease, kidney disease, autoimmune disorders, fetal complications, uh, and more. Uh, they're also known as forever chemicals, which means they don't break down naturally in the environment. They contaminate air, water, and soil. And like I said, there's thousands of them that are used in manufacturing processes. But as it relates to Simply Orange, um, studies are showing now that contaminated food is becoming clear that it's much more dangerous than previously thought in terms of being exposed to, to PFAS chemicals. Um, it was originally or before this thought to mainly be exposed through contaminated water. But uh, it's been found that samples of Simply Orange have levels of PFAS that are hundreds of times above federal advisory limits. Jeez. So how is it getting into the orange juice? So that's kind of where there isn't as much clarity. It could be through packaging. Simply Orange comes in plastic um, right. packaging, which, uh, to be fair, like other brands of orange juice, I usually see them in cardboard cartons, right? Right. Like, wa like wax coated, at least. Um, so it could be coming in through the packaging. Uh, it could be coming in through the water if it's contaminated that's mixed with the juice. Or it could actually be coming from uh, the oranges themselves through the soil, uh, uptaked, up, 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 uptaken, uptook yep. <laughs> through the soil. Uh, but in the, there's no indication that uh, that they're intentionally added to the product. They say if they were potential, if they were intentionally added, then levels would probably be a lot higher than they are. Not to say, you know, hundreds of times above advisory limits is low by any means, right? Right. But, I mean, the issue for me is, like, Simply Orange, in my mind, has always been, like, advertised as the most healthy, it seems, right? It seems like. Definitely. Would you agree with that? Like, that's why I always kind of drank it, is I thought, like, maybe, and I probably wasn't paying close enough attention to the label <laughs> anyways, right? But, but more like less artificial flavors or, or sugar or, or whatever. Um, Cause it's always advertised as like natural ingredients, right? Right. They, I mean, simply put. orange, it's in the name. It sounds like exactly. it's just oranges. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they, they claim they use filtered water, right? But who knows, maybe they're not filtering the right things uh, right. or, or enough 
filtering enough things out. Um, but this is like typical Coca-Cola, I guess, right? That's right. Or typical like major beverage company um, where the, it's it's led to believe that their products are good and obviously we know soda's not like good or anything but they have these these things that they they mislead the public of what their products actually are absolutely i feel like that's a big takeaway from this how it needs to be on the companies what's on their label because the like you said what we looked at simply orange that is more probably the most anyone is going to read off of that label maybe they'll see if it has pulp or no pulp and that's about it uh so these companies really need to be held responsible for the true nature of what's in these products um and it just goes to show you can't even really trust those labels even if you read the whole thing because I'm sure as hell in the ingredients list, it didn't say PFAS. Um, Yeah. But uh, just with the fact that they don't exactly know, I mean, as you said, they probably aren't intentionally adding it. This makes me really think that this is just the tip of the iceberg. They're going to start finding these PFAS in so many more of our foods, Uh, probably beverages, more beverages as well. I just really feel like it's going to be way more than just orange juice. Oh, definitely with, with, you know, well, they're cutting out two of the major ones, right? Or they say, or maybe they're not. I think they are phasing it out though. Um, We know how the phase outs work though. It's, oh, you can quit using these by 2075. No big deal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, so this lawsuit that that this article is citing, uh, it's asking a judge to order order the Houston-based firm Enhance to stop adding PFAS to plastic. Uh, but as far as I see, it's it's no punitive damages at this point or anything. I guess it would probably be pretty hard at this point to right prove any. Um, damages really I guess from this I mean there's so many avenues that PFAS is is exposed to the waters are so muddy the waters are so muddy where you could have gotten exposed to these Uh, just by drinking your tap water you can get it so (laughs) yeah and it'll it'll, this leads into something I'm going to talk about after the next article I go over but the EPA's action or lack of action on PFAS regulation is something that um, it's just becoming a problem evidenced by all these other lawsuits that are coming out against PFAS uh, manufacturers um, and also by you know like even 3M is saying they're going to stop doing it <laughs> it just makes like the EPA's total inaction that much more I wouldn't say shocking but like pathetic i guess it's it's just it's it's just what we're used to at this point right and you'd think it'd be completely against the clean water act uh but they just seem to 
have that act and do nothing with it. All right, so moving on, we got an article from Business Insider. A a suburb outside of Scottsdale, Arizona, had its water shut off due to drought. Uh, So pretty crazy headline, obviously. Uh, That's how they get the clicks. Uh, What the truth here is, is that this community is about a thousand residents. They're getting their main water shut off due to extreme drought in the region. This is an unincorporated uh, suburb, so they don't uh, have a lot of the typical rights and uh, utilities and things like that that people that are in incorporated areas do. Uh, And they've known that this is coming to happen for a long time, and they have chosen to stay in these areas. Uh, but why I wanted to talk about this article, I thought it was interesting to actually see a region get its water shut off due to drought, especially in an area where to the outsider looking in, it just makes sense. It's a desert. <laughs> Arizona is a desert. So I just feel like this is, again, like we talked about the last one, this is just the beginning. This is just the first uh of many I can imagine that we're going to start seeing with these uh, cities in the desert, uh, like Arizona, California, Mexico, just feel this is absolutely kind of what we were waiting to see happen. Uh, (laughs) It's unfortunate reality for a lot of these people. (laughs) Yeah. These are, I mean, it's just, not sustainable to build in these areas right to build entire cities in these areas you would think like climate change and everything right it would be kind of kind of it would it would be very pro action to climate change in these areas um i'm not sure that's the case uh i mean yeah i don't really know what else to say about this there's a lot of people that are going to be limited on their water obviously um it's just like it's a bad deal and like you said it's there's only one direction to go with this and with the level of action being taken on on environmental issues uh it's not a good direction yeah exactly um yeah i don't have much else to say either um just feel i feel for people i mean that absolutely sucks that you're not able to stay in what is probably your family home or you know it could could have been there for a long time but at the same time i'm taking my family where there's water (laughs) i'm you you need to have security in that way and if it's not going to be able to be provided in the desert (laughs) and then go somewhere else yeah it's hot as hell like i i am afraid there's gonna be like some death from this um to be honest like i wouldn't be surprised unfortunately and it Um, might not be like a small event like that it might be a lot of people i think you know 
Scottsdale is a pretty big retirement community. Uh, yeah. A lot of elderly people there. It's is, it's a bad sign for sure. Yep, definitely. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's just like you said with these high temperatures, the longer, hotter, drier periods. It just the water reservoirs can't keep up with the demand, especially in. I think Arizona is a pretty like booming community where a lot of people are moving to. Yeah. Uh, so I can only see this getting worse, unfortunately, if our droughts continue, which there's no sign of them stopping. So best of luck to the people in Scottsdale. <laughs> Nick, do you like protein? You're like you're asking me a lot of questions here tonight, Zach. I do enjoy protein from time to time. What's your favorite source of protein? I'd have to go with chicken. Chicken, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I get that. What's your least favorite source of protein? <laughs> uh, I'd have to go with a fish just to help you segue into your next topic. Okay. <laughs> you don't want me to take too long? Okay. Well, thank you for that. I actually do like fish, so I don't know if that's actually your least favorite. but It's not. I'd have okay. to go with like a whey protein powder or something oh, nasty. I wouldn't like even that. count that. I'm counting like, yeah, animal protein here, man. Oh, be specific, goddamn. Okay. Maybe next time. There's a new study from the Environmental Research Journal that eating one wild fish is the same as a month of drinking tainted water. Jesus. Pretty shocking stuff. Uh, And this is, of course, because of PFAS, once again. So there's 500 fish samples between 2013 and 2015. That, that detected PFAS in the fish. Three quarters of the detected uh, compounds in the fish was one specific PFAS, and that's PFOS, uh, one of the two major ones that are allegedly being phased out. Um, but, you know, yeah, this is pretty shocking, right? A whole month of drinking tainted water. Uh, and not just like, you know, slightly tainted. They say eating one fish is equal to drinking 48 parts per trillion contaminated water for a month. Now, 48 parts per trillion probably doesn't sound like a whole lot um, when you just think of what parts per trillion is, right? Mm -hmm. But the EPA just last year lowered the safe levels of PFOS to 0.02 parts per trillion. Uh, So you're talking about, I don't know. Like 48 times, basically. (laughs) More than that. Way more than that. Like like 400 times. Yeah, I mean, like. Holy crap. 4,000 times? I I can't do this math off the top of my head, but it is a lot (laughs) higher. That is a ton. Uh, And these wild caught fish are also. 278 times higher uh, in those PFAS levels than commercially sold fish, which I guess is a good thing, right? It still sounds like there's quite a bit of 
PFAS in the commercially sold fish, but like definitely. It you is know, weird. It's that much lower though in the commercially ones. I yeah, and I'm not sure why that is, but yeah. But uh, but you know me, Nick. I'm a big fisherman. Uh, fish fear right. me, right? <laughs> uh, so this is like like this is sad for me, and I. Uh, I'm living in the south at the moment, and I plan on doing a lot of fishing. Um, and the south has been very heavily polluted with these kind of environmental poisons. So it's 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 sad, I think. Like, and obviously, you know, it's not sad just for for people who like to fish, but like for the ecosystems in general. Right. I was just going to say, I haven't really read into it, but I wonder what a lot of these PFAS contaminations do to other organisms. I mean, we all know the terrible things that they can do to people, but what is it going to do to things like our fish populations and other uh, animals that are exposed? Yeah, and then things that are that are eating fish, right? Um, right. Bioaccumulation, what kind of effect that has with, with PFAS. We have example of example of how contaminated the entire world is with PFAS. Uh, so this just kind of piles on, right? It almost Seriously. seems like it almost seems lost in the shuffle of the endless stories about this. Um, but some areas of the world are doing a better job than others in eliminating PFAS. Seems mm. like it's fairly well on the way to being banned in uh, Europe, in some countries of Europe at least, while in the U.S. there's basically no regulation at this point. They've been in a planning phase for quite a while, uh, and they actually just pushed out their, I guess, next um, rule announcement to March 2023, so it's a couple months away. But they did push it out, right? They're, they're delaying it. And even if that happens then, it won't be included in the federal register until September 2024. Uh, which is like, you know, halfway until 3M decides they're going to stop making them. Um, I don't even know at that point how you decide to control it. Right. If it's this this like omnipresent in the world right it's like everywhere yeah it it just seems like whatever the hell they do to non-stick pans we just need to, to have sticky pans at this point i mean first it was teflon now it's pfas it's just getting out of hand yeah yeah and it's you know food wrappers um like we just like i just got done talking about different plastic packaging things like that it's it's still being found it's not like it's being less and less mm -hmm. around the world it's it's growing still it seems and our ability to the good thing is i think is the ability to detect it is getting much more precise uh the bad thing is like not only it's going to be more, I guess, daunting to regulate it or or to, to find ways to avoid it. It's just like depressing, right? It's like there's Seriously. no way to escape this. 
Right. I mean, you turn on your tap water, you're probably drinking PFAS. And they don't really have the filters out, uh, widespread at least, to actually help people filter this out of their water. It's just another thing, like you said, you're just lost trying to even think about how you can mitigate this out of your life. Yeah, that being said, I guess, you know, avoid wild-caught fish, freshwater fish, I guess. All in with that, that's the end of this episode of Poison for Profit. Thank you all for listening. Again, we always... Encourage comments, questions, concerns. Send us some articles to our Twitter at at poisoned for the number four profit. And our email is the same, but at Gmail. Anything else, Zach? Send some articles, please. Uh, we'll talk about them. We will mention you on the show if you send them. <laughs> You'll get a shout out. Uh, we will literally do anything <laughs> to get you to send us articles. But yeah, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy. And have a good night. A new scientific study has found dangerously high levels of PFAS, also known as the forever chemicals, in fish in the Great Lakes. Environmental experts say that could pose a serious risk to humans. The immune system is particularly sensitive to these types of chemicals. They've been linked to several types of cancer and can disrupt hormones. Dr. Tasha Stoiber said eating just four contaminated meals a year could almost double the level of PFOS in a person's blood. Person's blood. Person's blood. Person's blood. Person's blood. Person's blood. Person's blood.